It's another episode of Bits Over Broadway. I was promised a spooky version of our intro, and that was not it. I did ask Mitch uh, truly moments before he pressed the button if he had finished working on our spooky production uh, theme song and had never mentioned it before this moment in time. Uh, so that one's on me. Okay. I'll, that's on Coach Tracy. Coach Tracy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Uh, Connor, any bees? Yeah, I think we need to fucking talk about the Tonys. <laughs> better if they were canceled for this year they should have been (laughs) wouldn't it have just been better (laughs) they should have done that if moulin rouge wins best musical yeah all i have to say is please send any and all donations to my funeral (laughs) to congress to take away the rights of broadway i wasn't it like the only show nominated it's like that and Jagged Little Pill, and that's it. <laughs> well, I say all the awards to Jagged Little Pill. And- oh, wait, no, the Tina Turner musical is also nominated. Oh, I like, I, you know, I like Tina Turner, too. Yeah. I n- never saw the musical, <laughs> either of that. Amazing. <laughs> I- <laughs> Well, the virus came so fast. That's um, that's the only biz I have. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. RIP to Broadway and see you in 2022. Yeah. Right. Apparently. What is it? I don't know. May of 2021 right now. That's I think. fake. Right. Yeah. No- I just anytime people are like, yeah, next year. I'm like, OK, it's not like it's sure. not like on January one. The clock fucking like the world resets. Yeah. Like we're still going to be in this shit. Right. God's like, well, that's enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like it when everything wraps up in a, with a neat little with bow. a nice little pin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, then let's just get into this yeah, week's show. Let's introduce our guest returning for the time, third time, our but first solo this time. Solo time, solo time. Yes, it's Keaton Cruiser. Keaton Cruiser. Thank you both for having me. <laughs> oh, he's podcast here, and so is his podcast voice. <laughs> Please, nobody uh, tell Caitlin that I'm not under the covers. It's actually okay. just a bundle of pillows. Okay, yeah, I won't so tell her. I got to get back pretty quick before. She yeah, moves. of course. <laughs> um, okay, so this week we are talking about uh, very spooky musical because it's Halloween, y'all. Because it's, it's Halloween, Evil Dead, <laughs> Evil Dead the musical. The Did musical. you guys know it was a musical? Did you guys know um, that it is apparently a huge world that everyone's familiar with despite the fact that the movie's very bad i have many questions Meryl, I, i'm excited to have keaton here to answer all of them happy to uh first of all keaton uh why are horror nerds the worst <laughs> uh, why are they like this that's my first question they truly have very broken brains and uh no resources to properly convey those into, <laughs> to a, channel into, into an actual else. good film. <laughs> <laughs> into an actual good film. So correct. The first movie is like, because we all watch the first movie as preparation mm-hmm. for this. Um, it is particularly bad, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's very good. It's like, like you're I, not taking it seriously. Yeah, I laughed more than I was expecting to. Mm-hmm. Literally every single death scene is like three minutes long. Oh, yeah. The death scenes rule. I love when the bodies go like full large Marge yes. and just <laughs> melt off in their swarms. Yeah. That's a classic. We love it. Um, I because i've heard it's like evil dead oh it's like the room like you go in right knowing that it's dumb and if you watch it with people who've seen it a bunch it's really fun um mm. i made the mistake of watching it by myself because mm. <laughs> mitch fell asleep um, so. and you hated it and um because i was, was like too okay. scary yeah yeah when he gets scared he just goes right to sleep it's, it's very the, annoying it's the possum defense <laughs> yeah, exactly he just 
Um, I love that you acted that out. And yeah, on this we, visual on this medium. visual medium. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, let's just get into it, Connor. Hit us with some facts and figs. Tired of living, want to die? Well, here's a real good reason why. It all begins about 12 o'clock When the graves all open and we start to rock Graveyard rock It's cool Graveyard rock In the graveyard Graveyard rock Everybody needs to Facts and figs <laughs> It's crazy because in my writer it says Halloween episodes only Monster Mash drops. Correct. And yet I heard no Monster Mash. Zero Monster Mash in that mm. at all. Mm. And um, mm. we will be taking that up with the union. <laughs> Connor, I have to say that uh, that lovely soundtrack that just played. Of course. It, it definitely takes me back. It's very reminiscent of... <laughs> Of the song "Things You See in the Graveyard," sure, from, sure, 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 from quintessential film "Repo the Genetic Opera. Repo the Genetic Opera," which um, I'm honestly surprised that we didn't cover that this episode. We'll get to it one day. It's it's tabled. It will be the last day that I'm on this podcast. <laughs> Evil Dead the musical has music from um, by Christopher Bond, Frank Cipolla, Melissa Morris, and George Reinblatt. And it, the lyrics and book were written by George Reinblatt. And it's based on the entire Evil Dead franchise, including uh, the first two movies, some references to the third, and I think the remake as well? Was the, When was the remake? 2013. 2013. No, so it would have been before. The original um, production was in Toronto. It entered into a workshop in August 2003, and then it opened later that year in October. And then um, the following year in July, they went to the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, which is a really big comedy festival um, that a lot of people who are famous comedians go to. <laughs> um, it then went to uh, Off-Broadway from October 2006, it opened for previews, and then it opened off-Broadway from November 2006 and ran until February 2007. It was at New, New World, World Stages, Stages, right? Yeah. And then they had a revival in Toronto from June 2007 to uh, September 2008. It was like one of the longest-running shows in Toronto theater, mm. which is wild. They like <laughs> kept extending the run. I don't ask questions about people in Canada. I let them. I just mind my business. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you do just, whatever you want to do, brother. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, and then since the revival, there have been like 300 subsequent like regional productions and tours and shit like that. It has never been nominated for an award. <laughs> Tragically. <laughs> Sign my petition. <laughs> Please change.org backslash. Change.org. Give Evil Dead the Musical an award. <laughs> And if you don't know, uh, Evil Dead is about five college students who spend a weekend in an abandoned cabin in the woods and accidentally unleash an evil terror. In a comedic take on the horror franchise, characters and demons sing and dance as Ash dishes out various one-liners while fighting the never-ending demon hordes. Yeah. Uh, I was told by either Wikipedia or some such dive into research that Ash is known for his one-liners. Correct. Uh, um, I think it's more in the second one, right? Yeah, they really embraced the character of Ash um, for the entire franchise. There's even a a recently produced TV show, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Dead, So he's sort of like the face of the entire franchise. Yeah, but I just thought he sucked so bad in the first movie. (laughs) I didn't understand why everyone was like, 
his classic one-liners and i was like right. this man just keeps screaming and running around <laughs> like i just don't feel that he's uh that quippy that's yeah. all well because the first movie it was like it was made an entirely on an independent movie budget it was made sincerely uh-huh. clearly uh-huh. um and they made it as a sincere horror movie right like the, it was sort of campy but then the second movie they just like went Full right. really lean it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> lean what they say you should do. They've written books on they it. They have. <laughs> when you fuck up the first time, just lean in. Yeah. <laughs> Except for it was like the first time was like a cultural smash. Like they fucking. But it's like a cult classic, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not like mainstream success. I... Or is now cult mainstream? I don't know. What is anything anymore? I know. Put the word success on it <laughs> in any capacity. Despite the fact that it's had multiple spin-offs, there's yeah. a television show. Isn't right. there a game, a video game? Like I feel like there Evil Dead's everything. There's mm-hmm. there's a um a game called Dead by Daylight, um, which is essentially Dead by Dawn, mm-hmm. the, which is the subtitle of the second movie. But it's uh. that's more a game where like you're being chased by a a Jason character more than a <laughs> an evil death. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll leave. You can just tell me no. <laughs> you can say there is an idiot. <laughs> well, they had to sub in a Jason like character yeah. because it just doesn't have the same appeal if you're running from the right. spooky wind. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to see the spooky wind. Hard to animate that. Only Ash can see it. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, wait. The original movie grossed 2.4 million in the US and 2.7 to 29.4 million worldwide. Both early and later critical reception were universally positive. In the years since its release, the film has developed a reputation as one of the most significant cult films cited among the greatest horror films of all time. Yeah, I knew it was like a cultural touchstone. Well, I thought it was really interesting because this came out after the first Halloween mm-hmm. um and I I I feel like Ash is a queering of the final girl trope, if you will. Well, I was going to liken it also to, obviously, Cabin in the Woods. Mm -hmm. Oh, of um, course. From, what, 2012, I think? Yeah, Joss Whedon. Um, Famously, that is, like, kind of spoofing Evil Dead. Yeah, I think more so than any of the other horror tropes that that are brought up, because it's the actual setting. Right. And the the idea that they go down into the basement, they find the right. whatever thing in, in cabin in the woods that they're planting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's all sort of within the parenthetical of evil dead. Right. And also kind of a, um, it was a very unique take on like an undead creature or a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the evil know, dead or cabin in the woods, evil, evil dead. Okay. I mean, cabin in the woods is also culturally yeah. iconic, but <laughs> we love <laughs> Evil Even though Dead, Joss Whedon sucks. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think, the first time in a long time that it was a truly unique spin mm. on that type of creature mm-hmm. and, like, how it happens and, like, what the underlying aspects of it are. Right. The Necronomicon and all of that. So, mm-hmm. also, I guess, very culturally significant. It, it was the Frankenstein of its time. <laughs> That's what I've always said. Time. Evil Dead is the, the... It's actually Evil Dead's monster. Yeah, but, correct. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have a question. So he burned up that book, right? In the movie, In yes. In the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't burn up the tape, and the tape is what conjured the Reading spooky wind, loud, yeah. right? Like, so, it okay, did. congrats for why... burning the book. That doesn't mean anything, because now we still have the tape. But that's Does that why come up in the, the second one? I don't remember <laughs> if he burns the tape. I, well, the 
The second one, I don't think, I think they forgot about the tape when they were <laughs> making the I second one. I think they one. did too, even though it's like key. Yeah, yeah, right. Because in the second one, what is her name? The the daughter of the investigator. The knockoff Anna Kendrick? Yeah, they like <laughs> never, the, the poor man's Anna Kendrick. The, they, the poor man's, yeah. In the, in the cast recording, they say her name like very, very few times. Annie, okay. Yeah. Um, in the second one, part of the the plot there is that she has uncovered new pages of the Necronomicon, and yeah. so she has brought them back from her like dig site mm. to the cabin. So mm-hmm. that's really more of the the like center plot. Right. Of the second one is burning those pages, right? Which is why I've said uh, anthropologists should be illegal. <laughs> Stop going on dig sites. Stop looking at humans' old stuff. Yeah. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. But Stop also fucking don't build opening... houses on top of it a la Poltergeist. Correct. Right, exactly. Stop fucking opening a coffins. A Cahokia mounds. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up we're like, nah, not important. <laughs> Put a house on this one. It's a big pile of dirt. Who cares? <laughs> um, okay. So let's sort of get into the plot, I yeah. guess. Let us. Or start with the first song. So um <laughs> Keaton and there is a there is a video of the production on YouTube. It's of the workshop. Mm-hmm. It's either the workshop or the cause the JFL logo is in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also feels like the workshop production. It definitely feels like the <laughs> <laughs> speak on that. It's <laughs> not totally polished. And oh, it's yeah. it's totally the ending of that. Uh, recording is of different. That production is yeah. is a totally different from what you hear in the cast recording, right? Which is the original off Broadway production. Okay, what are the rules of the zombies? Oh, <laughs> he wants to know too. <laughs> Agreed. Honk twice because like they get stabbed, and I know they have to dismember them, and then in theory bury the parts away from each other because even if you cut off one of them's hand it can still skitter that scatter part doesn't all come into play until the second movie yeah we don't really know what the rules of this universe are and yeah. i think that's what makes it so um chaotic that's what makes it definitely chaotic extremely <laughs> <laughs> chaotic i know because every time i'm like oh well that's one down then it's fucking popping back up yeah. or yeah. she like the the girlfriend slash fiance or whatever yeah. like mm-hmm sort of is coming in and out of being a zombie yeah. and it take it like takes immediately but the guy who the other guy what's his name uh Scott Scotty yeah Scotty yeah. like is dead for so long before he turns into a zombie right. Right. he's dead for so long and then all of a sudden it's like Oh, Scott, then Scotty too. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, Scotty's also a zombie. The, my favorite part about like <laughs> Scotty becoming a zombie, or essentially in the musical, they really do like make fun of the whole protracted death scene. Mm. Like every single character that dies, their death scene like lasts for like twenty it's minutes. So long. It's very fucking funny. I love yes. it. Yeah, and like you also the another thing which makes it really unique is that. Cheryl, who is the first um the right. first college student to turn, is like she doesn't even and well she kinda gets raped by a tree. Okay, and can we talk about she that? Does scene? Get raped she by does one hundred percent get raped by a tree. Totally and unnecessary. I was not expecting for them to show it completely. <laughs> and in the remake they re- they lean in to the yeah, so and it's like, thing. we just don't need that. Yeah, that's completely really unnecessary. We're good. But yeah, the, the means of contracting, all of that, all of that <laughs> to say, the means of contracting are unclear. I will say what I didn't care about in the movie, I loved in the musical. Like the musical is such high camp. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking tongue in cheek yeah. and funny and over the top. Everyone who sings is 
so annoying, but in a way that I like am fine to put up with right. because it's funny and dumb, mostly dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is it the musical where they're like, never go into the woods or something like yeah, she, she says said, something like i know exactly what to do go in the woods and investigate every alone. time yeah yes yeah. <laughs> every time you hear a demonic voice in the woods yes. you go in the woods and investigate alone <laughs> yes i was like okay that is but then in funny. the musical or like on the in the stage production mm-hmm. what you don't hear in the recording she says wait i'm smarter than this i need to bring my jacket yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. good yeah never run to the woods just in your robe no. always take a jacket <laughs> So that the thorns that tear at you will get your right. jacket first. I think that was something that I also really liked with the musical, like you were saying, is that it, like, it, I think that they use, like, the power of, or, like, the theater aspect of the show mm-hmm. to really make fun of just how fucking stupid everybody is in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they make so many references like that and that kind of thing, and they do, there's a lot of, like, theater magic kind of things that happen that, like, really show how fucking idiotic the characters are mm-hmm. that I really, really like. And I wish I could come up with a specific example <laughs> right like, now. Do you want to list them now? But I look, see you flipping and flipping, flipping in that notebook. <laughs> I took so many notes, you guys. Should have highlighted. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, it's it just kind of, I felt like it just kind of jumped right into the dead part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, uh, it's very similar to the movie in that way. I it's think It's true, I the, guess. I felt like, I don't know, I felt like the first part of that movie, maybe the first 45 minutes was so interminable to me <laughs> that I just was like, like the beginning when they're driving and mm. there's an oncoming car and we're getting introduced to the spooky wind. Mm-hmm. They cut from the screaming people in the car to the front of the truck to back right. to the car to the truck to the car to the truck to the car to the truck <laughs> like six times. That was very much. funny though. <laughs> so good. It is funny, but I don't think it was intended to be funny. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, okay, this is just a really, I don't know. I just guess I wasn't in the right <laughs> headspace, but I was just like, wow, this just sucks. I'm just wasting my time watching this shitty movie. <laughs> in the second one, in the second movie, they, it's, they jump straight like feet first. <laughs> what the, so the plot at the beginning of the second movie is Ash is bringing his new girlfriend who's not dead well um, when your first girlfriend dies you have to get a new one when but first, isn't her first isn't isn't the new girlfriend's name also linda i yeah, i don't remember oh god he, i hope like, so but he's like i know exactly what to do take her back to the cabin <laughs> take this girl to the and same whose cabin. cabin was it did we ever that's also very um confusing i think because in the in the beginning plot of the song, I well, they're talking about like we're going right. to this cabin for a vacation, like this is planned. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at another point, either <laughs> they in the say movie, we're breaking in. Yeah, they're like, who owns this place? It's like if you planned this vacation, yeah. like, dude, you should know that. Like you didn't happen upon this cabin. There's there was a moment in the movie where it's like right before all the shit pops off, mm-hmm. and Linda has, or or Cheryl has been scared because she heard the voice, but yes. like. Whatever. And they're listening to the tape and Cheryl stands up and the tree branch comes through the window. Yeah. And Ash and Scotty have this big fight about how Scotty was being a dick to yeah. Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there like, the, the fucking window is broken. <laughs> like, how are you going to fix that? Whose cabin is this? Right. Who's responsible for this property? Like, is that- Did you guys have to like put down a deposit? Yeah. You're not going to get that back. Just, and that was my family's cabin and there's a fucking window busted out? Like, we got to talk about that, Scotty. I don't give a fuck about Cheryl. <laughs> Nobody does. (laughs) And let's talk about Cheryl. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Well, first of all, I think what the musical did really well is 
creating a lane for each character because yes. in the movie, I don't think it's very clearly like delineated. Who what... is who and why? Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know yeah. Cheryl was the sister until like the last third of the <laughs> they movie. Literally, like, I was just like, who's this fucking third wheel who came on this couple fuck right. weekend? <laughs> they, didn't, exactly. <laughs> they didn't tell you the characters' names until like 20 minutes into the movie. No. It was wild. Yeah. And like what... It, it was really interesting to see, I think, the portrayals of each character because you get like Scott and Shelly, which they get turned into this like hypersexualized couple mm-hmm. for like having sex once. Right. <laughs> like, and- I did love that they make the bit um, being like, she's our close friend. We met her three days ago. <laughs> yes. Like- <laughs> which, again, is like founded in nothing exactly based on the movie because they don't make any sort of indication of like what their relationship is with her right so it was interesting to like add that little piece in just for some more like character yes 100 percent. yes i was glad they established that a little faster (laughs) yes i just was like truly like who are these people what who is what who is the leader Mm -hmm. because like Scotty comes off as the leader. Right, because he's Scotty driving, driving the car. Ash's car. My question, exactly. <laughs> not on your fucking life are you driving my car. First of all, you're not on the insurance. I realize that these are like little issues, but I'm just really concerned about the world building. And, and this is actually my time to say, um, Keaton, I can't believe I let you drive my fucking car <laughs> in college. Keaton, I'm really I didn't bad. think you could drive. <laughs> I don't drive anymore. We almost went off a cliff. <laughs> Oh boy! Okay, no, that you, was. I think that was Matt. The cliffs say, of Illinois. We <laughs> <laughs> were driving through Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. They might have cliffs. <laughs> you also let Matt drive. I did let Matt drive my car. <laughs> Call out post, <laughs> Matt. If you're listening, we love you. Oh boy! Correct. Um, what a stupid bitch. Every time I see that, oh. I think <laughs> Scotty is like when Cheryl's like, we <laughs> yeah. should go down. Maybe it's an a- or like we yeah. should just close the door. Maybe it's an animal. And he goes, you're such a stupid <laughs> bitch. Yeah. And Scotty is so mean. Scotty's such a dick, <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. And that's one of the things that I think works on in the musical that doesn't work in the movie, because mm-hmm. in the movie, he's just an asshole. Oh, it's like when he calls her a bitch it's like yeah a knife like, it's so <laughs> sharp i don't think i've ever been I, if someone was like you dumb bitch like i would never be offended right. by that but if i if scotty <laughs> called me a bitch in that scenario like i would be offended extremely <laughs> like it really cut <laughs> but in the musical it fucking works for some reason i think it's because they really amp up mm-hmm. how horrible he is right yeah and they really lean in again leaning in leaning in in (laughs) to the awfulness of the character i think that's what makes it funny well they also double down on that um on the comedy there when he's like oh i thought the first thing you said was stupid (laughs) but this is actually (laughs) what you say after that yeah i guess that's why it's so jarring in the movie that it just comes from nowhere again very little relationship has been established. We've only seen them in a car singing together, and then they have like two bites of uh, iceberg lettuce salad, and then and then Scotty's like, "You fucking bitch! Why would you? Like, what the hell is going on? It's wild. These relationships came apart so quickly, so fast. <laughs> Maybe Scotty was the one they've only known for three days. Maybe that's right. That could be very true. Very true. The lesson there is: don't take strangers to cabins. Only take your close friends. That's what I'm saying who you're willing to let die that's what i'm saying you need to whenever you are planning a vacation to uh a a remote area you need to designate who you would not mind killing correct 
If they turned into a zombie. If they turned into a zombie. <laughs> or maybe otherwise. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that was the other thing. I think it's less so in the musical, but in the movie, Ash is like so reticent to kill anyone that yeah. I'm just like, come on, man, grow a pair. Just but chop then, her up. But then in this in like the musical, by the second act, he's just like fucking murdering people <laughs> left and right. Yeah. He talks about his chainsaw hand. Yeah. Like, okay, so does he So in the second movie and yeah, what and happens in the musical? In the musical um, it happens earlier in the musical, but yeah. during the goddamn bop of a song, oh, join so, us. so amazing, so good. <laughs> they possess his hand, um, and, which again, how can they possess? Like the rules of the universe do not make sense. That's why it we is know. amazing. Okay, okay. But okay. <laughs> so what he does is he uses the chainsaw that's conveniently in the kitchen yeah. to yeah. Uh, to saw off his hand, which is possessed by a demon, which is possessed by a demon, and then. When he's sort of planning for the battle later on, right. he attaches the chainsaw to, to his, his hand stump, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and like then, a pirate hook. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the it's the new pirate hook. It's the it's uh-huh. the pirate hook of its day. So he can just <laughs> as he wishes. Right. Which he never does. No. Okay. <laughs> and never uses it. Why does he call the gun a boomstick? That's a reference to the second movie. I should have watched the second movie is what I'm hearing. Yeah. The second movie has a lot. There's a lot both in like the first act, but especially the second act that it's the second mostly act taken from mostly the second movie. The second yeah, movie. I was really having trouble following in the second half of the show. I was like, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I actually knew Evil Dead and had watched the bootleg probably relatively close to when it came out mm-hmm. originally um, without having seen or like known much of the Evil Dead mm-hmm. franchise. Right. And going back, like, completely separate years later, I went back and watched The Evil Dead. And then in preparing for this podcast, I went back and watched the uh, the bootleg again. And I was like, now that I've seen <laughs> the first Evil Dead, I'm realizing that a lot of this is not in there. <laughs> this is not really about the first. <laughs> and then I watched the second one. I was like, ah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Here's all the answers. I'm like, okay, yeah. noted. So after we wrap, I'll just watch the second Evil Dead. I was Dead, actually I thinking of doing that today. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I just need to know what's going on. I did like that they referenced a uh, pencil in your ankle. That really made me laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just so stupid. Expertly crafted line. <laughs> and Linda, I'll stick a pencil in you. <laughs> Why does it work for me in this musical? I don't know. I don't this know. is something I would absolutely hate. That is something that were it in Wicked, we would make fun of. Absolutely. But now that it's an evil dead, I'm like, yeah, incredibly stupid. I love it. Well, I think it's the fact that it's not earnest. Yeah, it's so it's so That's irreverent. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easier to stomach. Exactly. <laughs> right. There's well, absolutely, we were talking about this off mic, but there's definitely a line in the song that is a reference to Billy Madison. It's like, if being evil is cool, then not call me Miles Davis right. or something. And why that worked for me, I don't know. But I did laugh yeah. a lot at it. <laughs> I also laughed at the line that Annie, sa- Annie mm-hmm. says in the production. She's like talking about the in-flight movie. And she's mm-hmm. like, it's the sp- it was the Spider-Man movies. And at that point, the mm. Sam Raimi was the only Spider-Man director. Right. And I, I, I had a nice good chuckle about that. <laughs> yeah, that one was targeted right to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was my audience. Locked was the audience. and loaded on that. That was the audience for that joke. <laughs> me and me, only Connor. me. <laughs> right it in the crosshairs. I, I was deep in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, I think that we definitely give Evil Dead a lot of passes. I, yeah. I don't think absolutely. I personally don't think it's very musically interesting. No. Um, it do, it doesn't. It's not very good at establishing its own.
own sort of like identity, which right. which all you notice that in a lot of parody musicals because you get all of where they do the thing where like let's yeah. try a different musical style for every song. Yes. You know, like that's typically the bad ones. You know, like Joseph. So <laughs> attacks. We literally in my own fucking home. I invited you in like a little vampire you are, and now you attack me in my own home. Uh, Disgusting. But, yeah. So they do like. You know, they have like a doo-wop number, they have like a disco yeah. number. So a lot of the, it they have a tango like a tango type number. Mm-hmm. So I think we just oh get my a lot God. of passes. And can we talk about the bits that the physical comedy in the show, like in the stage mm-hmm. production, is off the fucking charts. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss. They the like when they shove Cheryl into the cellar, like she starts doing bits with it where like mm-hmm. in songs she will just like pop up and down mm-hmm. and like to interject and <laughs> she stuff bops. like that. She she's full of fucking bops. <laughs> um they have so many like in the hand possession part, mm-hmm. he actually like acts like he can like look at like his hand is like he just does a really good bit where like, like he's like looking at the hand and then the hand like looks away from him <laughs> and it's very excellent. Like they really do ham it up, mm-hmm. which it just it fucking works mm-hmm. so well. It's the now we're getting to the reefer madness of it all. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting like, oh we my love. god, it's so good. <laughs> we just love but also the the pencil bit in the musical because in the movie Linda's like standing right next to the cellar. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how Cheryl gets her. But in the musical, yeah. at least in that in that original production, Cheryl's like, and Linda, I'll stick a pencil in you, and then grabs a pencil and crosses the stage, <laughs> yes. and, and like then jams it in her ankle. Like it's not a fast a thing full, at all. A full cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So that's that's a lovely moment. Truly. Um, also, there's so many blood cannons in this musical. Thank God. And yes. are they real blood cannons, or are they some <laughs> bullshit meatloaf cannons? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like real, like when during the part where he's like sawing his hand off like Uh he's literally getting sprayed in the face with blood i mean that was like probably the most uh lasting image i have of that movie is just the end scene when uh ash is on the ground and scotty's getting his legs and uh cheryl's standing over him and just they just things keep exploding off of them and he just keeps getting splattered with blood i was like oh my what they're not alive how is the blood going so far doesn't make any sense there should not be arterial spray their hearts don't work back to the world building <laughs> yet again I just have a lot of we have issues. so many questions what the fuck was that was is an amazing number yes um, that's the tango number yes and and further establishes scott as a real asshole yeah because correct. he's just like gonna dip right <laughs> he's like well okay i'm out <laughs> And then he runs off into the woods. Yeah. But it's again comes back to the queering of the final girl trope because it is a duet. Yes. And a sexy tango number between mm-hmm. Scott and Ash. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, Was this, is this movie the nightmare uh, on Elm Street 2 of its time? Maybe. <laughs> time I, will tell. I wish I knew what that was referencing. Nightmare, <laughs> nightmare on Elm Street 2 is a. And uh, now that's uh, spiky hands. Yes. Striped shirt. Spiky hands. Freddy. Yes. yes. Right. Um, the <laughs> second one of the franchise is extremely gay. There's like a scene that takes place in a leather bar. There, like one of the lines that the guy says is like literally like there's a man trying to get inside me. The main character who is the final girl is a is a like teenage boy. And there's a lot of like sexual awakening stuff in it. It's an extremely queer On movie. purpose? We just don't. Know. We don't know. <laughs> no we don't have the science to tell us that. <laughs> I recently saw an article saying that it was purposeful. I did not read the article. Oh, of course. I saw the headline. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, 
I did see it at the bottom of another article I was reading. It was like 10 tricks Freddy Krueger doesn't want you to know. I'm gay. (laughs) No, I just... I'm, I'm not paying for Business Insider right now. So. <laughs> we don't have the time or the money. So I, I used up all of all of the free ones. I see. You know, there's some links I can get you to get around that. <laughs> we'll get you around that paywall, Katie. <laughs> we'll get you there. Great. Um, wow. Yeah, I the join us thing was confusing to me in the movie, but I like the song. The song mm-hmm. is really fun. Because it is such a weird thing that happens in the movie. I think they were like, fuck it. And the musical... Now it's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to make it a chorus, which I liked. Which is interesting yeah. because, yet again, the characters don't have a choice. Yeah, it's not voluntary. It's not voluntary. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? join us. And who is us? And what is, like, I would understand. Cause, so in the movie, they say the words. Right. right? Well, they play the tape, which they don't burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Again, we're really getting in the weeds with this tape. I'm just saying. And like the ground moves, right? Like lifts up and there's a red light. And so I was like, oh, probably a cemetery or the dead wife that the guy was talking about. Like I had to chop up my wife. Mm. Maybe it's her coming back to life. That would make the sense, like make sense of the phrase join us. Like the army of the undead. But it's just spooky wind. I think that's (laughs) just spooky wind. Well, the thing I think that. It maybe is referencing the army of deadites from the 1300s because yeah. that is allegedly the third, which again, I haven't seen. Yeah. Army of darkness. But, but that is, it's like Ash fighting this army of, uh-huh. of that yeah. feels very, deadites. uh, the prequels in star Wars. Like, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, the idea the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm oh, just, yes. I'm just making it into a movie 20 years later. Do you guys want to see a, a movie? Do you guys want to see a movie about trade negotiations? <laughs> <laughs> That's some nerd shit. That's that nerd shit I don't like. (laughs) Wait, who's good old reliable Jake? That must be second movie shit. That's second movie. Also, in the Join Us number, the moose is from the second movie. Okay, I wondered what that was. Oh, I didn't realize the moose. I thought that was just a bit that they they had pulled. No, 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 that happens in the second movie. Okay. Um, I hate this movie. (laughs) I hate this series, I think. But I think what they did a good job of is like melding the plot points yes of the two movies mm-hmm. into one through plot right? yes and they put it like with cheryl and the moose head having like this like duet of sorts because okay. cheryl's not in the second movie it makes sense so yeah it's like it, they did a really good job of adding those elements in a complimentary way yeah, yeah i agree with that i think it flowed really well absolutely I, I didn't have any idea what they were referencing in the back half but mm-hmm. i understood like what was going on right and cheryl like so Sort of the point where Annie and Jake and Ed come into the plot, like right after he kills Linda. Right. Um, this isn't as bad as it looks. Yeah, just as soon as he kills, <laughs> then the three of them walk in. They're like, "What the hell is going on?" And he's like, "Not so bad." But Cheryl survives like throughout the entire yeah. musical for the most part. In the second movie, they have another creature that's in the basement, so they basically turn her into cheryl so like that's why cheryl survives throughout the whole thing Um, because in the second movie they're dealing with a similar situation is there a truck idling outside i think there is fuck (sighs) (sighs) we'll give it a sec we may just have to power through we could also um break 
Are we clo- what is intermission? We're kind of there. Intermission is is right after Linda dies. Yeah. Which also we kinda yeah, we just can't the it's we're not jumping as bad as it looks. Yeah. That's okay. She <laughs> one of my favorite lines that I always say along with the recording when of course. it happens is <laughs> You found me beautiful wives. <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me. I'd like you to drop that in, Mitch. Uh... <laughs> there are also two. You can make that the transition sound. Yeah. Um, the other two things that I would love to note about the song. Um, what is the title of that song? The S Smart Employee song. Oh, yeah. S Smart? Yeah. Uh, it's like house, a, housewares. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Which also I think is a made up plot point. <laughs> I think the so. They don't they, talk about it at all in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think maybe they maybe they say it is in the second in, one. Is that in the second? Because I know, I know that it is in like, um, uh, maybe not Army of Darkness, but maybe Ash vs. the Evil Dead, mm. where he like actually still works at Smart and he's like a fully like sixty year old man. Well, also, <laughs> it very well, I very well could have missed it, but like I when I'm watching it back and I'm like. He and Linda both work at S-Mart. That's how they fell in love. <laughs> he bought her the necklace from S-Mart. Like, right. Oh, tragic. <laughs> it's very, and there's so many references to it, and I don't remember it being in the movie at all. No. It's not in the first movie, because, again, there's mm-hmm. literally no... Like, Houseware Employees does more heavy lifting of their relationship <laughs> yes. than the entire first the movie. movie. Sure. All I know from the movie is just that Linda has... Uh, the same terrible taste in jewelry as Ash. Because <laughs> 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 he whips out that ugly box which yeah. i thought at first it was tiffany's and i was like okay ash go off <laughs> go um, off. and then it had that horrible little heart thing on the top of yeah. it and i was like oh no someone just uh someone in props just painted over a tiffany's yes. box <laughs> and then she opens it up and it's this long ass fucking chain with a little <laughs> magnifying glass on the end yeah, and like he's, a like, thing. he's like go on try it out like, I, I, for some reason, in my brain, instead of thinking, oh, she'll just put the necklace on, was like, what is she going to magnify? Right. <laughs> like, well, he also uses that necklace um, later. Yeah, thank God it was so long. To- <laughs> <laughs> Would have been fucking useless if it had been a regular size necklace. Exactly. Thank well- God he got her the fucking drapery. <laughs> He he went for the um uh the B Arthur length. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mod length for yes. sure. For sure. Well, he uses it also in or, which I guess is the the symbol of his love for Linda mm. in order to prevent himself. I guess that's why he doesn't ever fully get yeah. um possessed because even in the second movie he gets possessed and he like fights it, but I think it's because he takes the necklace and like puts it on. Well, in the musical, he when Didn't he gets possessed, <laughs> he gets possessed. Yeah. Linda got Correct. possessed while wearing it. <laughs> it's Harry Potter rules for sure. It is. It's one hundred percent. Oh Harry yeah, the answer is love, idiot. <laughs> Everyone else just doesn't have enough of it. <laughs> Wild, but okay. <laughs> You're truly loved. I don't know why I just really got fixated on the magnifying glass part of it because I just thought it was such a stupid piece of jewelry. Sure. I was like, well, surely he'll start a fire with it or something. I, was just about to say that's I legitimately was waiting for him. Like he's like, oh, I have the necklace. I was like, yeah, he'll just use the reflection from the fire to burn a hole in sure. the zombie's face. That's so smart. And then he's fucking using it like a lasso. Yes. I was so that. mad. And like, and like <laughs> I was so mad. What the fuck? What is it going to catch? 
patch on <laughs> and it's got this horrible because it's made out of humans skin or yes. whatever so it's the supposed book. to be like book the, face the book or something is, yes. and it keeps like almost catching on the like nose hump of the book <laughs> just like what a fucking waste of time this is so stupid oh i was so mad at the and end that's of that wild, isn't it cheryl is like yeah pulling like from the other yeah, yeah scotty's got his leg well, scotty, and yeah. cheryl's got a fucking fire poker and is just beating the shit out of his <laughs> back like, not stabbing him with the is, sharp fire which poker. is what i that was my just issue bashing him I, that was my issue it's like why are you beating him why are you not stabbing you him stabbing him he could be paralyzed already yeah woman. you are already <laughs> we already saw that cheryl is not shy about stabbing people <laughs> she will she'll stab you stab a bitch <laughs> with reference to the pencil I don't know. I just, the necklace really put me off. <laughs> I was just really upset about it. The necklace is a trigger for me. Yeah, 100%. Mitch, that's a note for you. Don't ever buy me a magnifying glass necklace. And especially don't make it a super long one. <laughs> I don't know what I thought she was going to do. Like, go inspect the window or something. Like, look out it with a magnifying glass. I did not understand. <laughs> Meryl's sitting there watching this movie and her brain is just like splintering into pieces trying to determine the utility of this necklace. <laughs> What is its purpose? Just be a gift. (laughs) No, all gifts have an ulterior motive. It was, if you will, it was the Chekhov's necklace. I was literally, I was just about to say, she was looking, it was not written by Chekhov. (sighs) That's how I, sorry, I just have a theater mind, I guess. (laughs) Constantly looking for Chekhov's item. (laughs) As all films have. Chekhov's item. It turned out being Schrodinger's item. That always gets me. Um, okay, so I think we're uh, we've been jumping around a lot, yeah. um, but let's call it the act break. Um, <laughs> right after, <laughs> I don't know who this man is and why he's listening to us record this, but please, sir, <laughs> stop. We're, we're making our own rules similar to the universe, similar to the universe of the Evil Dead. Yeah, just call me Sam Raimi um, and pay me to direct a lot of Spider-Man yeah. movies. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, some more thoughts. Connor, I don't remember if I told you this, but... uh, through a series of events in my life, uh, my life, I came to find myself uh, going through the Facebook friends of an older gentleman in Hell's Kitchen. Don't ask me why. I don't have time to explain. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> we're reading them out and he's kind of like telling us how he like if they live in the city and how he knows them or whatever. Anyway, so we get to this woman and he goes, we are, we're in the S's and he goes, uh, oh, Sherry Sontag. And I was like, like. Susan Sontag? He's like, oh yeah, it's your sister. How do you know her? I'm like, how do I know who Susan Sontag is? Oh, well, tragically, I have a degree in theater. Um, She's like foundational. (laughs) And why are you friends with her sister on Facebook? (laughs) Just the wildest moment. This man was also friends with Jim Steinman, and I was like, Jim Steinman, the man who wrote the Meatloaf musical, and he was like, yeah, how do you know him? I'm like, well, I don't. (laughs) How do I know of him? He's um, a very famous musical writer. (laughs) 
longtime partner of a very famous man, Meatloaf. <laughs> I, don't I, know. Love, I love nothing more than, an, than this man who is completely oblivious oh to these famous people. <laughs> so, how do you know them? <laughs> right. They're celebrities. <laughs> really incredible anyway i also want to bring up that jim steinman um wrote total eclipse of the heart for his vampire musical so just so you all know next time you're singing that song to yourself know that it originally belonged in a musical about vampires we will be covering that musical (laughs) you know we love a jim steinman musical in this podcast i simply love jim steinman um and i i can't be tamed in my love of jim all right um let's get into this musical again um connor you were saying off mic that um some we're getting some little shop vibes yeah um there's a song in the second act where annie the daughter of the owner of the cabin Mm -hmm. sings a song called all the men in my life keep getting killed by kendarian demons (laughs) it is very funny because like it's her explaining she says all the men in my life are being killed and uh ash is like you're you're exaggerating and she's like no literally every single man i've (laughs) ever let me list them for you (laughs) and she like goes through and like describes she's like even my gay friends are getting (laughs) murdered by kandarian demons (laughs) and it's very funny but the song is very doo-wop and it's essentially um please grow for me from little shop of horrors agreed it's a list song and you know i love a list song we love a list song I do. It does really make me laugh. I don't know why. I know what's coming every time. Right. It still makes me laugh. That's yeah. comedy, baby. That's that's what <laughs> that's what comedy is. That's the definition <laughs> in the dictionary. Um. Yes. Okay. Hold on. I'm trying to find where we are. Uh, all the men in my life. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Owed to an accidental stabbing. <laughs> I would appreciate it if you did not fucking stab. Me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh bit part demon yeah the second act is where it really starts like the the musical starts getting a little more meta yes and they start commenting on the fact that they're like in a musical, in a musical. yeah um because like there's a part in the actual show where annie like uh asks ash she's like is your sister always a demon and does she always talk in such terrible puns mm-hmm. and he's like no <laughs> His sister, again, who is Cheryl, who we didn't know that in the movie <laughs> until the end of the movie. And you also get lines like um, like the affirmation that, oh, don't worry about Ash, he's not going to die because he's the, he's the main character. Main character. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is also very, very that. But yeah. this song, Bit Part, uh, Bit Part Demon or oh, something yeah. like that, is extremely meta because it's yeah. um, Ed, Annie's fiance, gets turned into a demon and then they're all like well he doesn't matter he's just a bit player mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then he's like oh my entire life i've been a bit player <laughs> yeah it's it also in the show and you don't hear that on the on the recording is that the bit for the character of ed is that annie interrupts and like finishes yeah. every sentence that he says oh. before so he'll be like maybe we should she's like yes take the car to the cabin exactly it's like very <laughs> yeah that the entire time so mm-hmm. he that's the only time in the musical that she actually doesn't interrupt. Him. Yeah, but he <laughs> does get, killed. but he does <laughs> but get he interrupted does because his song gets interrupted by Ash shooting him in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that, <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, "Who the fuck is Ed? <laughs> who who like, is Ed?" Yeah, you only, every time I forget about him, but you, you but only yeah. really get him That's in the, the in the actual like stage production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, it's a very small part. Yeah, so, um, uh, one might say it's a bit part. Exactly. One might say. (laughs) 
if one were to be saying things, one might say <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit part. Yeah, I don't know. The back half, I really did get lost in the back half. I was just like trying that, to understand what the, the fuck was second, going yeah. on. Yeah, because once they get past, uh, fuck. It's pretty much all the sequel yeah. after the after the once they get past the second act, it's basically all Evil Dead Two. So, did the sequel come out relatively close to the first one? It came out in eighty seven, like the, f- the movie, and did. the first one came out in eighty one. Oh, okay, but still, like more close together than I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, just enough time to hone the craft, <laughs> right? <laughs> really nail down what you're trying to what the vibe is. <laughs> <laughs> Which famously, they're all over the place. So he made this movie, made like $2 million and got somehow positive critical reviews. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you have to remember this is... people were like, yeah, we should give him a Spider-Man franchise. (laughs) Based on the success. (laughs) Yes. Based on the fucking incredible scenes we saw in the first Evil Dead film. And funnily enough, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films are like loved by people. Is Sam Raimi... um, he does a little guy who looks like Hobbit. Who's that one? Frodo? Huh. Sam Jack? That's not Sam Jackson. J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> no, but who's the guy who looks like him? Oh, Christopher Jackson. No, oh. But in the Spider-Man movies. Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. That's it, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> He's the same person as Hobbit to me. <laughs> <laughs> they are famously two different people. <laughs> about that i don't know how that conclusion was made but it is all about the journey so. okay. <laughs> famously that the journey is the plot of the lord of the rings so toby mcguire toby mcguire is in the sam raimi movie yes not andrew garfield no yes the original okay yeah. those i've seen oh, i've seen at least one of those okay so i'm familiar and i thought it was much better than evil dead <laughs> well it was also like 20 years it was like 2003 right, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had some time he you know the the uh to tech, the craft the tech, uh, of course and the technology you know got a little bit better <laughs> yeah i yeah. think what we always ignore especially in like things like the the famous like classic horror films yeah. is the lack of technology that we're so used to right and, well there wasn't the re- spider-man technology for I mean, sure they, right. they they couldn't fly anybody <laughs> they yeah. didn't have the they didn't have the wires they didn't have the ropes yeah didn't have the ropes. They uh, needed at least three guys to fly somebody, and they just didn't have the body. But I think, I mean, I haven't, I guess I haven't seen classic horror movies that have a lot of uh, practical effects. Yeah. I guess I've mm-hmm. only really seen what classic horror movies I've seen. I, I guess really the only thing I've seen that's like classic tension is Jaws, and that's mostly just not mm. seeing the shark. Like, yeah. the fear is in not seeing the yeah, thing, but know knowing that is. the thing is there. Yeah. Um, that's essentially how Alien is, too. Well, and when you but get I think into the things, practical effects on Alien are okay, and that's like the same time. That's like contemporaneous, right? I guess I it's think, a it's like a, Alien is sometime in the eighties. I think what you need mm-hmm. to know is understand what technology you have, and yeah. just don't blow your load. I will don't, say, don't overshoot. Don't overshoot. <laughs> I will say though that like don't reach for the stars. Sam. <laughs> well, it's also it's the same as like The Exorcist too, because yeah. that's mm. how they when like in those times and like even with like in the olden times, John <laughs> in the eighties, Dawn of the Dead, you know. Or whatever, Dawn of the Dead, all of those like zombie films, it's the stark contrast mm-hmm. is like the the important part in like understanding right. oh, like having all of these like prosthetic and like right. Right. Cause in the in the original and, like uh Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. um, like the zombies basically just like look like people. Yeah. But oh really? Yeah, they there's like no like rotting or anything like that. They mm-hmm. just like look very gaunt. Yeah. 
Interesting. It's, yeah. As opposed to Evil Dead, where at one point, a character is fully just wearing a mask. Oh, <laughs> she yes. fully just has like a plastic mask on her head. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, what was that Italian? Mitch and I watched this weird Italian horror movie from like the early 60s. That's like OG zombie movie. And mm. it's just a bunch of, I mean, it's, it's one of the worst movies I've ever oh, seen in my life. I don't remember what it was called, but the prosthetics were even yeah. worse um mm. we're really making leaps in every 20 years in horror technology God, truly i mean like yeah i think i think that is something that we need to consider is that it was it, the seven it, it was made been, in the 80s it might have been considered very scary at yeah. the time which for me having seen the evil dead from 2013 is right. like very again in the style of our era of horror films right. where uh-huh. they have much better um like makeup and effects it actually looks like uh linda's getting stabbed in the ankle as opposed to them stabbing <laughs> what i could only assume was a gelatin foot <laughs> oh, it's called burial ground and it was made in 1981 i lied it's clearly just <laughs> the, 60s. the italians had even fewer practical effects than we did fun, fun fact i used to think so I used to watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre a lot when I was just a kid. Just for fun. Just yeah. for fun. We know you oh, have Oh, a... that's why you are the way you are. <laughs> hey, that's why your brain is so rotted. I see. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and at the beginning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, they like play it off the original movie. They play it off as if like the events of the movie specifically. Right. As if it's more like a Blair Witch. It's like this was this is actual footage. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the... Is like the story you're about to see is blah 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 and mac- macabre and whatever. And they talk about all of the people that died. It's like several people had died, blah blah blah. Right. And when I was a kid, to me that said they didn't have the special effects that we have today, and thusly they actually had to do those things <laughs> to people. Several people were harmed in the making of this film. The Texas Chainsaw Up Massacre is actually a snuff film. <laughs> talk about commitment to the crowd. <laughs> It's co- strangely never comes up in those uh, <laughs> these thirteen horrible things right. that have really happened on the set of horror movies. <laughs> Everyone in Texas Chainsaw Massacre died, it was fucking murdered, brutally on, murdered, brutally I mean, murdered on screen, an- <laughs> and then returned into furniture. <laughs> another another fun fact um, is that the Poltergeist um, horror film was real. Franchise <laughs> was actually haunted because yeah, the girl died. Right, the props the gr- the girl who played Carol Ann she died. Of, I think she died of Crohn's disease. There's um, no way to know. Hmm. We don't have the science. <laughs> we don't have the technology. Um, but other like, it's it was just like a weird happenstance of several of the actors dying under right. odd circumstances, mm-hmm. and allegedly some of the prop skeletons were like actual skeletons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they didn't know about in that. In the so. part when she's like swimming in the water, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, where. Uh, Joe Beth Williams. <laughs> Susan Jane Tanner. <laughs> Joe Beth Williams is the Susan Jane Tanner of, of the Poltergeist. <laughs> Famous for being the mom in the first two Poltergeist movies, and also the mom in the Lifetime movie remake of Sybil starring Tammy Blanchard. Um, I don't know what that <laughs> sentence was. <laughs> Keaton, do you have a letterbox to count, and can we follow you there? <laughs> Sadly, no. Um, I would read all of your film reviews. Absolutely. <laughs> but the, um, like the the actress who played the older sister Dana in mm-hmm. the in the first Poltergeist movie was like brutally strangled and beaten to death by her ex friend. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and a lot, like several actors. Wait, is that the Dominique? People. Is that Dominique Dunn? No, that's Maybe. someone else. I don't know. But they also, which was a little odd, but they mm. all, instead of recasting her, they sort of play it off as in the second movie, they're like, well, now that Dana's off to college, <laughs> it's like a little oh, insulting God. to me. <laughs> like, it's fucked up. Well, not insulting to me, but I was insulted on her behalf. Yeah, it is. Well, of course. It is Dominique Dunn. She was like horribly murdered by her ex-boyfriend. And oh her God. father is a really famous journalist who actually wrote about the trial and like got yeah. big based on writing about his daughter's murder trial. Mm-hmm. Um Talk about blood money. Truly wild. Right. Anyway, all this to say, the practical effects in Evil Dad are just... (laughs) Tough! Tough to look at! (laughs) But maybe considered state-of-the-art of of their time. Yes. We just don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I just think, like, know what you can do. And here's the thing. I'm not even complaining, I guess, about the practical effects. Because I thought, like, the blood spattering. And I actually really liked the weird claymation decay situation that happened. Like, when they were, like... Yeah, they do that. That was definitely part of like the trend because they do a lot of that and like the sort of claymation stop motion type of effects. They do that in like Poltergeist one and two also. Okay, I I liked that and I actually thought it worked. I thought it was like kind of weird and creepy, unsettling. So I didn't mind that so much. I think mostly it was the makeup that was a struggle for me, like the weird white wigs and (laughs) like (laughs) everyone turns into Benjamin Franklin. And like I liked, um, I liked the eyeball effect. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. I did like that. Um, but I didn't understand why all of a sudden Linda's like got weird fake Tammy Faye makeup on. <laughs> like I mean, it is scary, but I don't right. understand why Tammy it's Faye is a very scary person. <laughs> yeah. Just like fake eyelashes painted right. on blue eyeshadows. Yeah. Quite the, a look. The uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> Uh, workshop production from the bootleg. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna refer to it as the work. We have no, we don't know if it is. There's or, no way. To there's know. simply no way to tell. Based on the quality of the recording, I'm gonna call it the workshop. Production. <laughs> um, but Cheryl, like the way that they, the way that they show the like the deadites once they've turned, Cheryl's makeup is basically like. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe. They just like cover her face in blood, it, essentially. But it doesn't look. Maybe this is from the recording, yeah. but it doesn't look like blood. Even it looks like it looks like black, like black yeah, makeup, like black. That's like like streaks stra- down her face. face? No, 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 no. No, it's like, like it's like it looks like her eyes like have like goo. Running yeah, it looks down like her, her eyes face. are like dripping oil yeah. or something. Oh. It's like weird. Oh, like she got, had a bad breakup and terrible mascara. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see. Yes, now. that is the, okay. Alice, the, the Alice Cooper look. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so the way that they do that is Cheryl, once she gets in, like when they're playing Taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a very sh- funny moment where they're like, I've known people to be stressed by Taboo, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And she's standing and she's facing the window, which is obviously how they're yeah. putting the makeup on her because uh-huh. she's facing away from the uh, from Smart. the audience. And then theater magic. <laughs> right. And then Linda or Shelly do a similar thing because except they go for, into the they leave stage briefly. And yeah. Come back. Um, except for because uh, at first I was very like I was like, oh, my God, they're applying the makeup so quickly. Theater magic. I'm obsessed. Uh, there's parts of the recording where they zoom in and Linda and Shelly, at least, are wearing masks. masks. Yes, mm. I see that. Yeah. And in the. Um, there's another brief um, video which may be interesting to the listeners, <laughs> um, which is 
like a little glimpse of the effects makeup that they did for the off-Broadway production. Oh, sure. There, they were, they had like a performance spot on The View uh, to like uh, advertise the show. Mm-hmm. And you get to see it's very clearly like they have masks that they can just quickly like hook on. Put on, yeah. Um, which have more like prosthesis so you can see that they mm-hmm. have like inflated like cheekbones and, oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. They, okay. That's the performance of the Do the Necronomicon? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. A classic song. Oh my god! I Do loved the Necronomicon it. really made me laugh? But the, the time warp it. of its day. It, it really is. <laughs> to reference the time warp is so. It's such a good listen. Yeah, we've banked a couple episodes, and I know this is going to bite me in the ass because we are going to drop an episode after this where I just rail against references. Yeah, um, you basically <laughs> uh, destroy a show because yeah. the entire show is a giant yeah. reference. So, so sorry, viewers, you can't hold this against me, but I liked the references in this show. <laughs> I think it worked here. <laughs> Again, I think that goes back to the fact that it's irreverent, it's uh, mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek, it's not being sincere. Yes. Yeah. Though I do think that do the Necronomic is actually the best um, that the show does in creating a like musical identity. Yeah, agreed. Um, because you even get like the the outro is is right. is the do the Necronomicon mm-hmm. theme, and I wish they would have done that more throughout the show. Yeah, and have those motifs that are coming in and out. Like mm-hmm. at the very end, they only use the like the like electric organ once. Yeah, in the outro, it's and like, it's like you have an electric organ, use it. It's a spooky show. <laughs> It's a spooky show. You have like a creepy, like electric sounding church organ and you only use it for like the last two seconds. Come on. Insane. How dare. How could you? And that would have been one of the many ways that they could have (laughs) created a musical identity. Yet again, we are offering our services (laughs) as script doctors. I'm just thinking that you couldn't do this show in a high school because... The quick change alone would make oh monsters God. out of the women playing these parts. Oh. Like, please clear the way. You oh, know like, I have to get my makeup yes. put on quickly. I have to be back on stage in one bar. It's harder than the bell <laughs> quick change. Up. It's harder than the bell quick change. <laughs> I was really, I really wanted to know if uh, the if Cheryl's costume at the beginning, um, if those were tearaway parts, because like she goes into the forest, like. And all of her clothes are intact. And then she oh, yeah. come like the, the stage blacks out. And then um, she walks back on stage and all of her t- clothes are ripped. Mm-hmm. I want to know if it was a quick change or if they had tearaway parts to her. They actually rip the clothes every night. Oh, well, I see. Okay. <laughs> Their clothing too. budget is astronomical. <laughs> That's just why they didn't have Cheryl, much for makeup. Just for Cheryl's <laughs> That's why they have masks. They can't afford more <laughs> yes. makeup. It was in her contract. Yeah. <laughs> She's you like, will I- hand tear my clothes. <laughs> Artisanal hand torn clothes. <laughs> um, wow. Now on Poshmark. <laughs> I want to make like an old boomer comment about ripped jeans, but I won't. Keaton's literally wearing, wearing them right now. <laughs> Are those hand ripped? Did you buy them pre ripped? <laughs> I know it's ripped. not like, I mean, I guess it's kind of the style. I don't know what kids wear these days. I'm very old, but um, <laughs> when I was growing up, that was like the style yeah. to buy ripped jeans. And that's all anyone ever said. <gasps> to quote Scott, she just ripped my pre-ripped Abercrombie. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. Okay. That's why I was like, wow, this is taking me back to like a time. Yeah. Because yeah. of it's references like that, where I was like, oh yeah, remember when everyone wore those? Remember when we were forced into wearing low rise jeans? <laughs> and now they're coming Terrifying. back. They're coming back. We don't have to let that happen. <laughs> we can actually fight it. <laughs> Paris Hilton has the gall to say that people 
were had original fashion in the 2000s yeah. and now everybody has a designer straight yeah. up the 80s the 2000s were just the 80s but worse but worse <laughs> and now we're doing the 80s but better because i wore multiple shirts on top of shirts like that's not right okay but that meant you liked <laughs> but music. how many of the collars were popped <laughs> i never did popped collars because i didn't like collared shirts but I, I had camis under camis under <laughs> long sleeve shirts of course and i had long sleeve shots shirts under short sleeve shirts. shirts yeah people don't know the struggles that we had as youths in the early aughts I was, it was truly terrible i wore a beanie with a bill on it <laughs> and let's all have a moment of silence for connor's beanie with a bill <laughs> that i you. know that he'd wear again in a heartbeat if it were fashionable Listen, <laughs> i think it got thrown out so i would have to buy another one that's fine i'm sure your local roots has one <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was determined to be fashionable in the fourth grade because I would oh, wear, I assumed. <laughs> because I would wear a a cut like some sort of graphic t shirt with sure. a color coordinated short sleeve button down plaid shirt Ooh. over top of it. Oh, the patterns! <laughs> Just, the visual loudness of that is so upsetting to okay, me. Okay, you make fun of me, but I knew I what a color story was. I would never make fun of you. He was a young gay man. He needed to show it some way. True. And how do you do that? By being loud. Button ups over graphic tees. <laughs> you heard it here first. For also, all of our, you can find all of our all preteen of, listeners. <laughs> you can find all of my graphic tees with button-ups on my Poshmark. Now, my question is, is are they a combo shirt? You know, or are, are they, they attached? Two, are they, are they two attached? separate shirts? <laughs> no, they were two separate shirts, which allowed me to mix and match. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I did have some camis built, like, tight, attached to yeah. a long sleeve, which I then had to wear another cami underneath. <laughs> oh, of course. That was longer, so you could see the bottom layer, right. and then the top layer, and then the oh, shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah, if I didn't have at least three layers down to <laughs> mid-thigh, it's like, why even bother leaving the well, house? It's because you were wearing low-rise jeans, and those <laughs> don't cover yeah, anything. Yeah, my ass crack was out all the time. Like, <laughs> it's covers. crazy that people were like, wow, I can see your butt. Like, yeah, my jeans don't come up any higher. I don't know what to tell you. These jeans are made for you to see my butt crack. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm just talk drawn to the this perverts way. at a, like, talk to the perverts at American Eagle. I, I can't do anything. I just buy the jeans. I had a big butt before that was cool. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you about that. Really came into my own in 2010. <laughs> That's when I hit my stride. <laughs> Dancing is about butts now. Yeah, I was like, finally. I'll kill you. <laughs> Oh, we should probably continue to talk about this musical. Um, Basically, at the end. Yeah, we are. I do love do the Necronomicon. It's, it's very so fun. Funny. It's a it's a really fun bop. It's credited on Spotify as the Candarian Demons and and recording cast. <laughs> it's not two nice. separate two separate groups. <laughs> the Candarian Demons are yeah. their own group. Well, they had one day to record, and of that's course. when they could come in and do it. <laughs> they did the backing with everyone else. Uh-huh. Yes. Um. It's time. We will never die. I do really like it's time. I well, who doesn't love like a? It's a disco? time is a goddamn <laughs> bop. We do love a disco. If, Let's, if yeah. you're gay, you love a disco bop. We <laughs> love just, a disco bop. That's just how it is. That's I don't just make genetics, rules. baby. That is genetics. Like I am back at Studio Fifty. <laughs> Chromosomally, <laughs> I With am all linked of to these this. zombies. <laughs> 
<laughs> just zombies doing blow. It's great. We love it. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't a horse and somebody riding it naked. Right? <laughs> we don't know. That was just the workshop bootleg. <laughs> That's true. The off-Broadway version could have had horse could've money. Could have had horse money. <laughs> they were off-Broadway. So I'm saying um, they actually got the one horse that works on Broadway. The one equity <laughs> the horse. One, the one Equus horse. <laughs> Okay, uh, we will never die. S-Mart blew that bitch away and Groovy. Yes. So Groovy is just the outro, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the S-Mart song and blew that bitch away Mm -hmm. were two songs that were added post-workshop. So the original ending. Off-Broadway production. Yeah. The original ending that you see in the bootleg recording is that once he burns the Necronomicon, he gets teleported back in time to 1300 yeah. AD, which is would then set him up for the plot of the third movie, right. I assume. But <laughs> in- Haven't seen, can't confirm. <laughs> but instead, I think probably because that's confusing as fuck. Right. So at the end of, of the original production, he basically goes back in time and kills one of the deadites there in 1300 BC. And then everybody's like, Oh, you're our King now. Yeah. He gets crowned. As and king. so there's a completely different song that happens there. Yeah. And then in this instead, it's sort of like, okay, the whole thing was resolved. He goes back to working at a smart. Okay. Yeah. Here's my question. Uh huh. Ne- the Necronomicon. Yes. Yes. It is a Sumerian book of the dead. Um, in this movie. Yes. Which, uh, is like BC. It's like Mesopotamia. Sumar is, I think. And so why does he go back to the 13? Like, what is significant about the 1300s that he needs to go back in time to? They say originally. (laughs) Well, so the the way that ties in is because they say in this universe, they say that the Necronomicon disappeared in 1300 AD. Oh, that's right. So I do remember that. And that's what Annie, so she's an archaeologist. Her father was an archaeologist. Yeah. And so that's their life work is like finding those it's pages. digging up people's graves and yes, disturbing them. Absolutely. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what is, I was thinking about this the other day. I was watching uh, some video on my timeline. I scrolled past of them like cracking open a mummy tomb. Yes, they were like, I saw we're going to do it. And I was like, what's the length of time where it's cool to just pop people's coffins? <laughs> Like, at what point can I just go dig up your grandma and be like, I've been waiting for so long. (laughs) What the fuck? Why do you think that's okay? It's so weird. We're trapped in a cursed loop of once you pop. (laughs) You just, you simply can't stop. The little Pringles men foretold of this. (laughs) It was a warning, those commercials. Correct. It was. It was. They were trying to tell us not to, but sorry. I just keep thinking of that. Like the whole profession of archaeology and anthropology. uh, I get what we're trying to do. Learn about old cultures. But how far away do we have to be from the culture before it's like not cool? (laughs) Right. Right. Grave robbing becomes the disrespect. This is a discipline. It's fine. (laughs) I get paid to do this. I have a degree in this. I have a degree in grave robbing. Just me in all black with a little raccoon mask. I actually got my degree in this, so this is legit. I've got little flags saying where yes. the edges are, so I'm actually allowed to do this. Yeah. Please disregard. Right. Just digging up mausoleums. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the Necronomicon, that's, I guess, why he goes back to 1380. Okay. Yeah. What, that was the year that 
the Necronomicon ran away to become the book in Hocus Pocus. I, <laughs> I assume. So, yeah, because I don't understand. Like, you'd think if you were going back in time, you'd go back to the time when the book was created and right. just like prevent it from being created. Well, the thing. Not to time travel Hitler this, but well, I mean, it seems like the obvious choice. <laughs> well, he also doesn't. It's not voluntary. So, yeah, I, the book, I, I guess, hate, takes him back. I hate when I get non-consensually time traveled. <laughs> I hate does that. that happen to you a lot, Meryl? It does a lot, and it's really it's uncool. Actually, it's very inconvenient. <laughs> it's really fucked up. <laughs> now, how does he get back from the 1300s? Or That's is he in just the like, third movie, and I like, don't know well, how seen it. Don't know how I got here. Don't know how to get back. I guess this is my life now. Time to stick it up. I'm just here king. with a shotgun with no ammo and a chainsaw <laughs> Thank for an you. arm. Yes, hope what a happens? rat doesn't bite me. Right. <laughs> I, I hope I don't get bubonic plague. <laughs> Shoot the rats. That's what you do. Just shoot the rats. He only has like two shotgun shells. What yeah. the fuck? I would shoot myself at that point. <laughs> and the chainsaw hand. Where is he going to get the gasoline? That's going to that's gonna confuse people. And we haven't invented the oil industry yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's definitely. Those dinosaurs are still on the ground. <laughs> he's going to be deemed a witch for sure. For sure 100%. a witch. They're going to hang. They're going to burn that motherfucker alive. They 100% His chainsaw alive. hand's going to explode. It's going to kill thousands of people in the future. And they're going to say that it's Abraham cursed. Lincoln will never exist in the world where fucking Ash is burned as a witch. Correct. Right. Thanks well, a lot. I have. I was thinking about actually on the car right over here <laughs> about the butterfly effect uh-huh. implications of oh, Ash yeah. going back to the 1300s. That's what I'm saying. And defeating the army mm. of, of deadites. So then it's like, how does that affect how does, all the people they killed still are alive? How do we right? Yeah. Right. So not even how do we get back, but like, what is that going to look like? Yeah. Do I even exist? Probably not. It's the back to the future of it all. That's why you do. That's why we don't fuck with time travel. <laughs> There's too many questions. <laughs> or try to have sex with your mom as a teenager. <laughs> it's dicey. That's why you just don't go back in time. You just don't even risk it. You don't know. There's no way to know. There's That's no why Meryl gets so mad every yeah. time she, <laughs> she, she gets, she, gets back, she goes back in time. She's like, well, now I can't fucking do anything. <laughs> I don't know who anybody is. I can't have sex with anybody. <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating. That's the worst part of <laughs> the, non-consensual the worst time part, travel. The worst part of non-consensual time travel is that you can't fuck anybody. <laughs> it's really upsetting. I'm very sorry for this problem in your life. <laughs> well, it is a problem, and thank you for addressing that as such. Um... So at the end of this musical, yes, it's like hinted that he's going to time travel. It was in the original production, but I think they changed it. <laughs> yeah, they, they just yoinked. They that were like, right "No out. more cliffhangers. <laughs> we're wrapping this bitch up." Yeah, I think that was probably because I, I don't think it would have really added anything to no. like even be, even though that is like the true ending to the second yeah. movie. I don't think that that reference would have had the payoff. That. Yeah, it's not like the. I will say this about musical theater, a point in its favor. There are very few sequels. That's correct. And every (laughs) sequel that does exist is bad. (laughs) I can only think of Mamma Mia, and that's really just theatrical. There's um there's a there's a sequel to Annie. It's called Annie (laughs) Annie Warbucks. Oh, that's right. There is also the sequel to Bye Bye Birdie. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Birdie? No, there was a, it was like Bring Back Birdie or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's Also starring Chidi Rivera. (laughs) There's the Phantom remake. Not remake, sequel. Love Never Dies. Oh, Love Never Dies. That's about the kid, right? Maybe. I don't know. That one is. No, that's Gavrush from Lane. On Broadway, on Broadway HD. (laughs) Love Never Dies? Yeah. It's like about their love child. They had a child? A child. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> what am I, uh, the host of a Broadway <laughs> podcast? I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's Keaton's job. <laughs> I just am imagining like another light in the piazza. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> another light in the piazza. <laughs> Too many damn lights in the piazza. Turn off some of those lights. <laughs> I am very interested in learning more about Andy Warbucks. I remember trying to look it up previously and yeah. not really... Have we discussed this? I feel like, who? why would you root for Annie Warbucks? At this point, she's no longer an orphan. She's right. rich. She's a classic. I think I mean, we now. talked about this on our Bye Bye Birdie episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can actually, cut it out, do we? Okay. I, I have a lot of feelings about it. I have no clue what the plot of Annie Warbucks would be. <laughs> I want to know. I want to... Can you show me? <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to know about these strangers like me. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think that was these strangers lightning. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then how did that make you feel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, like mm-hmm, this movie about gorillas tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, Tarzan really doesn't understand. <laughs> he doesn't understand what lightning he, is. <laughs> hmm, Tarzan is a dumb bitch. <laughs> He's uh, less studied in meteorology than we thought. <laughs> raised by apes <laughs> by a gorilla or uh, by an elephant wait was the <laughs> the elephant did not raise him he was just a companion <laughs> was rosie o'donnell the elephant or no, one she of the was apes? the no, little she was ape okay she was her, her brother yes she Got was it. tarzan's sibling <laughs> <laughs> for all intents and purposes <laughs> Got no, it. the germophobic elephant was just a friend. Got it. Thank you for... <laughs> a classic trope. Uh, we love Disney. <laughs> I hate Tarzan, but I love Phil Collins. It's a real... <laughs> it's a real Catch-22 right there. A real will-they-won't-they. They. Okay, I watched Brother Bear for the first time. Never you, seen it. To, are, are I've never familiar? seen it, but I think my family owns it on VHS. It's blue. I mean, of course. Um, I love referencing VHSs by the color of their cover. That is you know, extremely like, how my brain works. <laughs> Rugrats in Paris. It's the orange VHS. Orange, orange VHS. VHS. Um, all Nickelodeon VHSs were orange. We're it's orange. a classic branding move. Um, <laughs> no, we watched Brother Bear uh, to celebrate Fat Bear Week. And, Love. of course, Tina Turner has a song in Brother Bear, and it bops. <laughs> like thank okay, you tina and then also phil collins has a song in that <laughs> oh we love that it was coming off they were like listen you did a lot in tarzan we don't need that much just <laughs> one is good can't afford your rate for the whole movie but he carried tarzan <laughs> let's be honest yeah it's a, it's, it's a bad movie um, oh yeah no i hate that movie it's so fucking boring yeah it's scary <laughs> i don't know but you I... don't like it because it's scary tarzan is very scary that leopard and the big mean man <laughs> The big mean man. I mean, to be fair, Clayton is one of the only Disney villains that's like, you know, just like a human. Other than like Cruella DeVille. Well, and And the guy from Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. I've only seen Pocahontas once. Forget about it. That's fair. It's probably offensive in 2020. It's extremely offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not something we need to (laughs) rewatch. It's an extremely offensive movie. (laughs) Probably tough on a rewatch. And Frollo. Okay, so a lot of Disney 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 villains that are human. (laughs) But not during the Renaissance. <laughs> Jafar, also a human. Yeah, human a, slash wizard snake. Yeah, but he's a sorcerer. Like, wizard snake. He's not like, Clayton was one of the only ones, I'm going to now clarify, during the Disney Renaissance, that was Pre-aughts. not was like a supernatural. Was the Renaissance? No, it was, pre, it was in the aughts. So the Renaissance is like from 89 to like I 90. Yeah. Was, I thought Tarzan was 99. No way. Really? Is it not? 
I don't know. Let's check. There's I'm no really why watch Tarzan I'm, when you can watch Brendan Fraser shirtless in George of the Jungle? Thank you. Is what I'm saying. Tarzan. I'm relatively sure that no, the to, Renaissance was over around Aladdin. No, 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 no. Aladdin was Aladdin was ninety seven. No, it was earlier than that. Little Mermaid, Mermaid was eighty nine. Yeah, because Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid was, was the beginning of the Renaissance. Beating the Beast was ninety one. Somewhere Natalie Alt is losing her fucking us. mind. You're right. Tarzan was ninety nine. Um, no, Aladdin. Lion King was ninety four. Was Aladdin was no. ninety two? I think. Oh, Aladdin was ninety two. I think yeah. Lion King was oh, ninety two. Okay. No. Lion King was later than that. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Tarzan sucks is what we're trying to say. (laughs) Don't watch it. Um, And there's a human villain, which is a rarity, or maybe it is. Yzma (laughs) is also a human villain. (laughs) Welcome back to Disney Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She also has supernatural powers, though. She can make potions. That's not, she's that's, an alchemist. She's, she's, she's that's just, just a, knowing herbs. That's just a, being a good chef. Is she an alchemist? Ratatouille. Or a, thank you. I watched that for the first time. Now I get what all the children are joking about. Yes. Oh I don't God. understand why they love the rat so much. I, he's, I, so, he's a good rat. Is he? Yeah. He's like kind of a dickhead. Yeah. He like he's a body snatcher. <laughs> and we root for body snatchers in this house. This is how we stand by this mattress. <laughs> I love little rat tattooing. <laughs> yeah, why? Uh, why? Can you speak on that? Why actually, do you love the little rat? I actually don't. I uh, <laughs> also very recently saw rat tattooing for the first time. Yeah, I saw it like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I saw it this year. <laughs> okay. So. Team. Oh my god, join my club. I know. The new to rat And I I'm, will, not, I'm not in that club. <laughs> I will not be seeing Frozen 2. <laughs> I don't think I can do Enough it. Enough damage was done with the first. With Frozen 1. I've seen Wicked. I get the point. <laughs> I'm good. I, uh, we did watch Frozen 2 at the beginning of quarantine. Okay. Steph and I did. I listen, mm. I know Indity. I know. Yeah. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> when she's sad. Oh, she's so sad again it's not, it somehow. Doesn't, doesn't matter how many more sequels you make of Frozen. It's not going to be as good as Moana. Sorry. <laughs> Correct. Wow. Okay. Well, that's because Frozen couldn't afford Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I broke Meryl. <laughs> and on that note, you know, I would like to speak on something. And please do take this opportunity to speak on something. I, I, while I have this platform, I would like to say how how miffed I am. Not miffed. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I, I, I don't am, know if I'm ready to hear this. I am cross with Linda. <laughs> oh. Join our club team, <laughs> Miffed at Miranda. Join us. That's gonna, that's gonna be the new name of the podcast. <laughs> he withheld the release of In the Heights, which was supposed to come oh, out yeah, in, which July. in July, and so he could make more money. It's like literally mm-hmm. so mean because all I want to do is like watch that movie <laughs> In the Heights. It's really inconsiderate. It's like, please. Allow it's like, us, let us have one thing. Like, right. To feel like one shred of joy. Right. You forced us all to experience Hamilton again, and yet you will not give us in the heights? I know, it's rude. Crime. So, Crime. I crumbed. am <laughs> crumbed in our own homes. <laughs> I'm, I'm angry with him. I'm That's not. fair. I su- miffed it, Hey, pal, I support you. You can call in any time with your Miranda myths. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh, boy. This is an anti-Miranda podcast. <laughs> No offense, but if you like offense. him, it's fine. <laughs> I did listen to Hamilton yesterday while I was cleaning the apartment. Oh, it's a great apartment cleaning song. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I get it. 
song musical. <laughs> just gonna There's say. the one Hamilton song. <laughs> it's Hamilton. And it just keeps going. Hamilton, Hamilton. Right. I am Hamilton. <laughs> Those are the lyrics? I Absolutely. I'm the Phil Collins of my generation. <laughs> That's what I've always said about you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Phil Collins was the Phil Collins of our generation. <laughs> Phil Collins is not our generation. We're very young. He is old. We are young okay, and vibrant. We're in the Renaissance. <laughs> when your Phil Collins references are mostly Tarzan, you're out exactly. of Phil Collins' target demo. <laughs> oh my god, Phil Collins, I love him. Strangers Like Me makes me weep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it absolutely does not. One World, One Family does. It is. One, that is the saddest song. Yes, correct. <laughs> It's really, um, I'm just going to think of, what? What the fuck? Was that a rebel? Probably those little, you wish a rebel could go that fast. It's like 15 miles an hour. Everyone behind me is honking. I'm like, I'm trying. I got stopped at a light, like on a hill. Not a hill. I'm just like pushing with my feet. Like we can do this, buddy. We got this. Uh, Adventures in scootering. It's fun. Um, okay. I think that's Evil Dead. Let's, yeah. uh, any final thoughts before we get to Man in Chair? Shall we just dive right in? I say we just dive right in. Yeah. All right, Keaton, Man in Chair this for us. How do you feel about Evil Dead the Musical? I believe that Evil Dead the Musical is, is, it's always going to be a really fun listen. It's always going to be a really fun watch. Mm-hmm. Um, though, critically, <laughs> <laughs> critically. <laughs> Famously, we're not critics. We love everything. <laughs> we, yeah, critically Except six. <laughs> um, I would have to. I would have to say it is flawed in in many ways. Of course. Um, what piece of art isn't? I've I've mentioned a couple of times so far on the podcast, but um, the I think the music isn't as sophisticated as like. Another show that we would like tear to shreds. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> but because Evil Dead is very at its core, it's very lighthearted. It's very irreverent, mm-hmm. and you know, going into it, based on both like the idea of it there being like a horror musical mm-hmm. and also the original subject matter, mm-hmm. I think you know going in that it's not going to be like the new groundbreaking piece, right? Um, but it is always going to be like a fun bop, high camp, yeah. yeah. For sure. Connor? Yeah, I would agree with everything that Keaton said. Um, I Obviously. Um, (laughs) I think that theater is inherently already a very campy medium. Mm -hmm. And to bring the campiness of Evil Dead to the stage and then to ramp that up to like a full 10 mm-hmm. it really fucking works with the show and i think it is it, it's really good it's very fun to listen to um if you uh i highly suggest i personally like think that if you like people should watch the bootleg because mm-hmm. the like i said the physical comedy in the show is off the fucking charts and it's mm-hmm. excellent to watch just people being complete doofuses on stage um yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good time um, and perfect for spooky season. Perfect for spooky season. Meryl, what about you? Um, yeah, as disappointed as I was with the movie, I was really enamored with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, a really fun listen. Will I ever listen to it again? Odds are no. Um, Do the Necronomicon's not going to make it to your Broadway don't playlist? Think so, uh, as you know, my Broadway playlist is. St- 
strictly for belting. Um, <laughs> it's also only Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> it's only Sunset Boulevard and uh, downtown from Little Shop. <laughs> oh God, I miss Marie. Um, yeah, I w- I walked by it yesterday and was like. My heart. I have a very um, funny photo to show you, Meryl. Oh God, I fear it. <laughs> um, I the music is very silly. There's nothing uh, like I have to agree with Keaton. We would were this being anything other than what it is, we would tear it to shreds and be like, right. garbage, trash, terrible lyrics, <laughs> terrible songwriting. Um, <laughs> you just heard what we said about him. Exactly. <laughs> you heard us. And in the future, you'll hear us, Connor and I talk about six and all of that would apply. Oh, man. Were this not so tongue in cheek. We're so, so going to get canceled for I, six. I don't care. Um, I'm ready. I welcome it. Um, but I think that is a huge difference. Again, that episode has not dropped <laughs> no. yet, but it will when you guys listen to it come back and listen to this rant um i think the this difference is the, <laughs> the teaser um i do think that it's like it all is how you're going into the musical yeah. and this we're going into evil dead knowing that it's making fun of the source material right. that like reflecting on evil dead the movie even the director them like himself reflected on it and was like, "Wow, okay, I I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna attempt real horror again. Right. I'll just do high camp, very silly, very like spoofy, mm-hmm. goofy kind of thing." And the musical works in that capacity. Agreed. Um, I would like to watch Evil Dead Two now, knowing that it was made with that mindset. I think I could probably go into it a little different i mean mitch told me when we watched evil dead he's like just you know go into this not taking it seriously um but i still did for some reason (laughs) i don't know why um yeah movie sucked i liked this musical Mm -hmm. i would like to see a production of it if broadway ever comes back there was just actually right before quarantine i think or maybe last year Mm -hmm. there was a production in i think tampa of of the show well i won't go see theater in tampa I simply yeah. won't be doing that. <laughs> Another fun fact, Couldn't actually, pay me to go to Tampa <laughs> is that um, Sam Raimi actually gave the green light for he did for the rights to this show to happen. So it's right. technically part of Evil Dead canon. Yes, yeah. and weirdly, I noted that the um, the Wikipedia was like, yeah, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, who plays Ash in like yeah. all the film franchises, like gave their thumbs up, and I was like, since when does an actor? get to like thumbs up on the rights right. of the movie. Oh, he's probably a but he's like now, now. Yeah, yeah now he's just like fully invested in it yeah absolutely um i couldn't take it seriously because he looked bruce campbell in the first movie looks like my dad used to like <laughs> looks like my dad at 23 and sure. so i was just like oh, this is weird <laughs> like just like watching my dad run around and chop up zombies <laughs> very unsettling um yeah i think it's fun listen to it i Good for spooky season. You yeah. have to agree there. Yeah. In a world where we don't have that many Halloween-friendly musicals. Yeah, Halloween musicals. And why not? And I'd like to just step up on my soapbox here. And I would like to say more Halloween musicals. I agree. Agreed. Absolutely. And Thanksgiving musicals. Because we were also looking ahead. We were oh, like trying yeah. to plan out the season kind of, oh, what if we did a Thanksgiving musical? And I was like, I don't know how to search for that. <laughs> what? Putting turkey lurkey on repeat isn't going to do it for you? <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> just an hour and a half where Connor and I dissect the song Turkey, turkey Lurkey. lurkey. Time. <laughs> Now, everyone go watch Margaret Dance and Turkey Loki. I think that we could pull that off. 
I think we could do it. I think yeah. there's enough there to dissect. <laughs> there's enough wine in the world that we could get through it for sure. Exactly. Okay, so at Friendsgiving this year, we will bring the mics and we will bring all the recording yes. equipment. We will get drunk and we will discuss turkey lurkey time. <laughs> really break it down to the core. Get down to the bones of it. Um, yeah, okay, great. So that's Evil Dead the Musical. I think it's a six thumbs up from this crew. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. um, Keaton, anything to plug? Um, Besides I w- Broadway HD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Available now on Amazon. Who is not sponsoring this podcast, but you definitely should. Tragically. Uh, my Broadway HD account can be found on my Poshmark. Um, no, I would He's just... selling the login. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would like to um, apologize to Mitch. I hope that I've given you enough for a soundbite supercut. Um, you didn't, you you, didn't bring out the Australian get... accent this time. You are... Well, I've used it all up. Oh, of course. It's, it's simply gone. Famously, to, famously you, can only, you only have so many times yeah. you can use an accent, <laughs> then you're done. I'm continuously growing. I contain multitudes. He's honing his craft. Yes. And I'm now out of that out of that phase of my life, similar to the many phases of the life of David. Oh, I'm on to a new one. Yeah, of course. Of course. Now you're in your other alien uh, phase. Yes. <laughs> They're all alien phases, just different kinds of aliens. One, Yeah, one of several. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, Connor, plug. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm going to be having a new satire piece coming out in Off Magazine, AWF Ooh, Magazine. Baby. It's um, a queer-focused satire site, much like um, Reductress's, like, women-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very funny. We post, we pu- uh, publish a lot of good stuff, but um, this new piece is going to be coming out sometime in October. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Um, if you would like to follow this podcast on social media, you can find us at Bits Over B-Way across all platforms. You can email us, bitsoverbway at gmail.com. We are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash bitsoverbway. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, which is changing into some other kind of podcast. I don't know. Oh I got God. an email and they were like, we're changing. And I was like... I don't know what this means, but okay. Um, so whatever Google is becoming, we're there too. Yep. Um, we are on just any podcast app. Wherever you get podcasts, that's where we'll be. Rate and review us, like and subscribe. You know the drill. Uh, and that is all I have. Bye. Bye. You found me beautiful once. <laughs>